Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now.
101.5 UMFM, this is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Obson, kicking things off for us tonight. Great new soul vocalist out of Saskatchewan, that's Katie Tupper with Danny off of her EP Towards the End. Uh, that just came out last month, and uh, boy, five five songs is not enough from her. Uh, I definitely want to hear more. Uh, we have got a busy show. We are going to be closing off the uh, Black History Month series uh, that we've been syndicating courtesy of 99.3 County FM out of Prince Edward County, Ontario, a fellow campus community radio station. Uh, they had retired Senator Don Oliver on all month, uh, conducting a series of interviews. And so the last one uh, was put out last weekend at the end of February, uh, just because of the timing of my show, it ends on Fridays. So uh, we're here in March um, and we're going to be playing the last episode after this next musical number. Uh, the guest this week is the Honorable Greg Fergus, Member of Parliament for Hall Elmer. Uh, we've got all sorts of new music for you, including a brand new track from Thus Owls uh, from their fifth record, Who Would Hold You If the Sky Betrayed Us, uh, which just came out today. This is Her Beauty is So Awakening. Keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM. <laughs>
You're listening to The Grapevine on 99.3 County FM. I'm Lynn Pickering. Greg Fergus has been the Liberal Member of Parliament for Hall-Elmer since 2015. He served in many portfolios, including Parliamentary Secretary to the President of the Treasury Board, to the Minister of Digital Government, to the Minister of Innovation, Science and Economic Development. He's currently Parliamentary Secretary to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. On his website, Greg Fergus describes himself as a community activist, policy wonk, long distance runner, new grandfather, and failed musician. He joins our host for Black History Month, retired Senator Don Oliver. Thank you for that, Lynn. Look, Greg, it's a, a great honor for you to join us on the show uh, because you have made a great contribution to Canadian life and uh, you are a leader in the visible minority causes. But before I discuss Black History Month with you, I'd love to learn a little bit more about what it was like growing up in Dalar des in the 1970s. Yeah, yeah, more than a half century ago. Well, well thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Don, and, and thanks, Lynn, for, uh, for having me on board. It's a real pleasure. Look, uh, growing up in Dollard, you know, I was the son of, uh, of immigrant parents, the, the third of three. And, uh, you know, in many respects, it was, it's a life that you're given and you really enjoy it. I grew up in a particular neighborhood. Dollar des Almos, in, in my particular neighborhood, we were one of very few families of, of color uh, in, in, in that neighborhood. And it was also a neighborhood, I mean, we were, my parents came from the Caribbean, from the English-speaking countries of the Caribbean, so we were Anglophone in an Anglophone neighborhood, mostly composed of uh, Jewish Canadians. So within our neighborhood, we were sort of a minority in a minority, and also in a city that was mostly French, in a province mostly French, in a country English. And <laughs> so we were a minority within a minority within a minority. So it was really... Uh, but in uh, your school, was the language French or English? It, well, my brother and sister went to French school. I was uh, the youngest by about six and a half years. And, uh, <laughs> you know, new house and all. And uh, I ended up, they sent me to English school. So I, I went to uh, the English language school growing up until... I went to French immersion in grade four. And so you, you had no real problems with acceptance in school and other things like that because of your color. The, the time that I first came across it was actually before school started. Um, oh, really? I, yeah, I was uh, about four years old and the school bus had passed by and the kids yelled out of, you know, the, 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 the N-word out of the school bus. And I didn't know what the word meant. I had no <laughs> idea, but I knew that they meant to hurt. So I went crying to home and, and speaking to my, you know, tell my parents what had happened. And I just remember just noticing there, the, just the shock of, of them understanding what I had just gone through. So although I didn't know what it was, I, I knew it was something that would put my parents off. But that was, that was then, you know, I, I think mostly the people who I grew up with uh, were very open and, and accepting. And, but there were some systemic things you know people just sort of expect you to uh, especially when I got to high school to you know they expect me to do well in sports but not necessarily do well in advanced math or advanced French and, and, and things of that like so there was always a bit of a I have to fight against expectations a little bit. When you were finished school and start, started university was there any change there 
Did you have difficulty with any of your, your professors, for instance, with Marx or anything? No, you know what? I mean, not that I, not that I could tell. Uh, you know, you really, because I was in French immersion, because I did well in school, I was always uh, with, you know, the, the, the top students uh, in any school, the higher uh, achieving students. So the, I found that the, the teachers and the professors in CEGEP uh, in high school, they were always expecting more of us. I never felt that there was um, any assumption that I would do uh, not as well. Um, there was a high premium. My dad was a teacher. All my aunts and uncles, whether or not they were related or not, uh, were teachers. <laughs> a big expectation of uh, and big pressure for us to do well uh, academically. And so when I finished SEJEP, uh, I applied to, uh, to become a parliamentary page, which is what brought me to Ottawa U and to, uh, to this national capital region, I just never left. Tell me a little bit before we go into Black History Month, tell me about your passion for jazz. <laughs> well, uh, so when I was a kid, my, my parents tried to get me to, uh, to play the piano. I regret not throwing myself into it. I guess I didn't like practicing all that much, but I loved, I'm learning piano, you always learn classical piano. Uh, but at some point, I don't know where I heard jazz. And to me, it was Oscar Peterson, Oscar Peterson, uh, 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 Oliver uh, Jones, Oliver uh, Jones, you, you name them. It was just a different world. And it was, yeah. uh, you know, the magic was not on the notes. The magic was in the silences. Right. <laughs> and and uh, that was just, uh, to me, it's amazing. So I, you're, you're quite, uh, Lynn was quite right to, uh, <laughs> to introduce me as a failed musician, although I'm trying to address that now at the age of 52, taking piano lessons again. And uh, Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. What, what are some of the advantages to having February set aside as Black History Month? I think one of the biggest things is that if, it, it, if people who are not part of the Black community have an opportunity to really focus in and, and to see the contributions that Blacks have made to Canada. Uh, quite often we think Black people only came to this country in the 1960s and 70s. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, from 1604, 1605, when Samuel de Champlain uh, came across uh, and, and first came into the New World, as it was, uh, who was his translator and, and river guide was uh, Matthew da Costa, uh, a black man, a translator and to be a river guide. That means that he must have been there before uh, yeah. to know the St. Lawrence River, to know where the shoals were, to know the indigenous languages. He must have been amongst the people beforehand. So that very. puts us here in this country for over 400 years from the very beginning of its European uh, colonization. And we've been throughout. And the more we take a look at our history, the more we realize what contributions that Blacks have made to Canada, all over Canada. And uh, it's a great history. It's a great present and it's a very promising future. Tell me, we do dance, poetry, books, fashion, many other things in February to showcase many of the things that, that Canadians do. What should we do to enlarge that? to make it even better. I'm glad to see that we, we, we do celebrate the aspects which we've made to Canada's culture, but black excellence uh, is much deeper than that. You'll find excellence 
in business, you'll find excellence in academia, you'll find excellence, excellence in science, you'll find excellence in healthcare, you'll find excellence in the economy. And what makes this excellence, I think, remarkable is that in spite of the systemic uh, barriers that the Blacks have, have faced, uh, they've continued to make contributions. In spite of the history of slavery that we've had in Canada. There've only been two enslaved peoples. It's uh, the indigenous and, and, and black Canadians for over two centuries. We, we had that here, uh, but in spite of that, we've still achieved. Um, and that's, I think, worth celebrating, worth highlighting. Do you know that the way that they celebrate Black History Month in Newfoundland is different from the way they celebrate it in uh, British Columbia and all provinces have their different ways of doing it. Our largest province, Ontario, has uh, a, a number of people who are black and some are from Africa, the West Indies, Europe and so on, and they will have their different ways of doing it. So my question is this, how can we get 3.5 million Canadians of African descent to speak with one voice on this month of February and all promote black history, black traditions, black excellence at once. What, what can we do? Well, I would say you can't, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> uh, there is not one way uh, to celebrate. Um, for, for, for the 1.2 uh, million uh, Canadians of African descent, I, I, I think it's so important that we understand the whole spectrum of ways of, of contributions. Uh, uh, I would never expect uh, amongst white Canadians that there's this one way of being yeah. Canadian. Um, I'd expect there are just so many different ways. And I know that from, especially being from my province of Quebec, um, uh, you know, we, we have a special way of being Canadian, but so do Nova Scotians, especially African Nova Scotians, so do Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, and, and so do British Columbians. So I'd expect to see a wide variety. And especially uh, when you take a look at the, uh, the Black community, um, there is a, I think 60% of Canada's current Black community were not born in Canada. They've come from elsewhere. You mentioned the West Indies, West Africa, Eastern Africa. You're seeing more and more, even in South America, you're seeing mm. uh, a real diversity uh, and a full spectrum of Black ways of being uh, coming to this country. And it's exciting. You hinted at this before in one of your earlier answers, but because we have excellence in so many things other than the arts, you know, you mentioned science and sports and so on. What would you think of having, say, one week in every month of the year highlighting just one of those items? Say March becomes the, the week of Black sports. Take Canadians in, in hockey, in, in, in Olympic sports, and basketball and so on, and highlight some of the things they've done, how they got there, how hard they worked and so on, because we, all these things take hard work. And so, but what would you think of, of have, having it 12 months of the year that way? Well, I like the way you've rephrased it, 12 months of the year. Uh, one uh, um, a senior member of the legal community once said, he says, glad that we celebrate Black History Month, but just remember for 337 other days of the year, I'm also Black. Uh, <laughs> so it's important to yeah. look at this year long. And yeah. really to understand that 
Black history is Canadian history. And if there are ways that we can underline that and celebrate that, I think we'll be a richer country for it. Yeah. Well, the, we, we still have a lot of research to do because every day I seem to be hearing about uh, a, a Black person who was either an inventor, a scientist, yeah. an yeah. author, who, who we've never heard of. And, uh, it's, and, and so if we could get more of those, so that's kind of exciting and makes you feel proud you know, as a Black person in Canada. So they are Canadian, and, but their works are not known at all. You've had so many sides to, to what you do. I noticed that you have a degree in social sciences from the University of Ottawa, and uh, 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 you're a community activist. And that one of the things that you were is a VP of a neighborhood association and organizations promoting regional interests. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, I, I, I don't know why I've always had this feeling, but since I was a very young kid, I've always seen the importance of making a contribution uh, to where you live and to your community and, and to helping people along. It, life is better when we, uh, when we all hang out together. And so uh, I've, always, uh, I've always kept involved and I, I met my wonderful wife who is also comes from that same perspective. And we've just throughout our, our lives together now, 30, 34 years together now, wow. um, uh, or 34 years as a couple and 30 plus years married, we have always just tried to, you know, we try to flower where we're planted. And uh, if that means that we can see that there are some things that need to be done to bring people together, well, then we'll happily organize and support uh, those kind of activities. So that's why we founded neighborhood associations where we lived. And when we moved uh, to our second house, we did the same thing here. We just believe in making that kind of contributions. And it, you know, life is, is short. And yeah, there's a way that we can uh, work together uh, to make it pleasant. Uh, and to make uh, real contributions in whatever field, then you know we're we're all gung ho to be a part of that. Yeah. Well, look, that's wonderful. Tell me, do you see in your adult children that they're starting to pick up some of those things, oh, same, same things? Ab absolutely, and that's been the real pleasure for us is uh, watching yeah. our children make the same kind of contributions. Uh, we were just at our daughter's place last night, and uh, with with another one of our daughters. And we just said, you know, not only do we love you, we like you. Um, yeah. We like them as people and they're really good citizens. And I hope, uh, hope everybody has an opportunity to have children like that. Well, look, you can't imagine, but our time has already run by <laughs> and we need an hour. <laughs> and somehow we've got to do something like this again. You, you, there are so I'd many assets of your life that uh, people should know about. Uh, that they don't already know. It's just wonderful to have this opportunity, uh, particularly in February, Black History Month. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Well, thank you very much, Don. And thank you very much, Lynette. It's a real pleasure. And I hope that if there's any message I could uh, leave people with is, if I can do it, anyone can do it. So I hope, <laughs> yeah. uh, I hope they'll be inspired to make contributions uh, in, in their own neighborhoods. That was retired Senator Don Oliver in conversation with Greg Fergus, Liberal MP for Hull Ilmer and Parliamentary Secretary to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. The interview was recorded January 24th. 
Well, that wraps up our special five-part series for Black History Month. Although, as you heard Senator Oliver say, he would love to see 2022 as Black History Year. So we hope to continue highlighting accomplished Black Canadians from every sector of society in the coming months. You're listening to The Grapevine on 99.3 County FM, the voice of the county. From her Stone's Throw debut, that's Maylee Todd with Tiny Chiffon just before the break. Uh, she had formerly been on Do Right, the Toronto label, uh, now at the venerable uh, California Soul label. Um, boy, exciting stuff. Malou got a great review from Alan Ranta in Exclaim this week, and uh, it's a pretty wild listen. Uh, strongly encourage you to check out the rest of the record, which came out today. Uh, not quite out yet, but label mate Jerry Paper has a new record coming out soon called Free Time. We're going to start this next set off with his latest single from that. It's called Just Say Play. Keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM. Make it up as we 
Just a game that we play. 
back here on thank god it's free range the friday edition of free range radio and from her 2020 ep vanity metrics that was haligonian gianna lauren with disappear uh playing that older track because next week uh this show is going to be airing a uh, a special uh radio love tour that Jana has recorded that's playing on campus stations uh coast to coast over the month of march and so the winnipeg date is uh on free range next friday march 11th uh shortly after 6 30 p.m we'll be starting it up with a couple songs and then an interview with Jana as well uh so encourage you to tune in and check that out for Gianna, we had the new album from the Weather Station. Tamara Lindemann's latest is How Is It That I Should Look at, All, at the Stars. We heard the track Taught. That's out today on Next Door here in Canada and Fat Possum Worldwide. Deserta with I'm So Tired from Every Moment, Everything You Need before that. Caroline Lovegrow with the title track to her album Strawberry. Bob Moses, Canadian duo, back with a new album on Universal called The Silence In Between. We heard Hanging On. Uh, Falling Clouds from uh, Italy's uh, Sally Shapiro and Mark DeClive Low with Sorceress from Midnight Tracks Volume 2. And I should say Sally Shapiro, not from Italy, but her label is Italian. That's where I got Sad Cities from. Uh, the Mark DeClive Low off of Midnight Stacks with Sorceress. And we started that whole set off with Jerry Paper. Going to start things off on this next set with Italian band Calibro 35. Uh, they're out on record kicks. Today is uh, the first Friday in March, and so it is Bandcamp Friday. Uh, record kicks uh, announced today that they have a discount code on their entire catalog. If you uh, want to check out the reissue of Calibro di Tutti, which is or sorry, Tredi. Predatory de Tutti, which is the album that we're going to be playing a track from, uh, you can enter BC Friday RK. So that's BC Friday RK for a discount on any Record Kicks uh, merch or music on recordkicks.bandcamp.com. Uh, lots of labels uh, making contributions uh, or putting their proceeds to relief funds for the Ukraine. Um, Hush Hush Records. Uh, which is a great label that we've played to Panigrine uh, off, off of them. Um, I know that I saw an email from, from Hush Hush that they're donating proceeds. And uh, I mean, just, just look, search Bandcamp Friday on social media and you will find a ton of stuff. And there's great music to support, whether it's artists directly or artists and labels donating their proceeds. Um, really great efforts on, on behalf of Bandcamp and strongly encourage you to check it out. This is Milan, Michigan, one of the bonus tracks off of Territori di Tutti, Calibro 35 here on 101.5 UMFM. <laughs> Thank you. 
que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Se bom mesmo é cozer, esperar ficar no ponto e comer. Se bom mesmo é cozer, esperar ficar pronto, vestir aparecer. Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Pois o meu amor, ai ai, gosta, gosta de mim. Pois o meu amor, ai ai, reza, reza por mim. Pois o meu amor, ai ai, gosta, gosta de mim. Pois o meu amor, ai ai, reza, reza por mim. Alcança a esperança contra a aliança da vingança. Avança e lança a bonança da herança da criança de trança. Da dança da lembrança, da poupança que amansa, mas não cansa. Da poupança que amansa, mas não cansa. Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Pois o meu amor, ai ai, gosta, gosta de mim. Pois o meu amor, ai ai, reza, reza por mim. Pois o meu amor, ai ai, gosta, gosta de mim. Pois o meu amor, ai ai, reza, reza por mim. Alcança a esperança contra a aliança da vingança. Avança e lança a bonança da herança. Da criança de trança, da dança da lembrança, da poupança que amansa, mas não cansa. Da poupança que amansa, mas não cansa. Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Para que de gladiar? Vestidas de amores encantador. 
ese grito Oh, 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 